the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast. Here on CBS Sports, that's Danny Cannell, that's Tom Fernelli, that's Bud Elliott, I'm Chip Patterson, coming to you live at youtube.com slash cover3 and across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out, thanks for coming to visit, and while you're here, just just smash that like button. Doesn't take much effort, doesn't take much time, and it does help us grow the show. Of course, please subscribe uh, on YouTube or on the audio platform. You you diehards, you day ones out there, we love that you still rock with us um, wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to jump in on a future mailbag episode, you can do that by going to leave us a five-star review. In that review, go ahead and put your question. We will add it to the big old bag of mail and tackle it in a future mailbag episode. We do have a, a very exciting, um, we've got a very exciting week because on Wednesday, Bud Elliott, we're going to be joined by some of the brightest minds from 24-7 Sports to give you a little bit of a, a recruiting update. I wanted to make sure that we let the, the viewers and the listeners know what they can expect coming up. What do you, what do you think that um, we've got in store for all, for all the recruit nicks or the casuals that just want to come in and, uh, and learn a little bit about where we are in the current cycle? Yeah, so I, I thought it'd be really cool to you know kind of talk a little more recruiting on Cover Three. Uh, maybe not every single show, but you know if, if we have a lot of recruiting news build up, we can go over it. Uh, understanding not everybody on Cover Three is a huge recruiting fan, but like it is a, an important uh, part of the game. So uh, we're going to have Cooper Protagna and Andrew Ivans on to talk a little Arch Manning, Arch Manning, Arch Manning, Arch Manning. Got to say that a couple of times for the <laughs> for the SEO purposes. Uh, we're going to talk uh, maybe maybe team, <clears throat> maybe, you know teams who have a little rocket fuel uh, with them and can recruit better. Than you normally recruit, uh, which positions are loaded, which positions maybe we're still looking for some guys in this cycle. Uh, we're going to wrap up the 2022 with a quick look at Josh Connerly, the final remaining domino to fall in that 2022 cycle, the uh, five-star offensive tackle who's considering a couple schools. USC looks to be in okay shape there, I think. Uh, and then, of course, we have uh, the 2024 rankings debuting on Wednesday as well. So we'll talk to Andrew and Cooper uh, about – uh, the new number one player in the 2024 ranks and what we learned uh, so for that cycle so far. Nice. Uh, order of business for today, as you can tell, if you've uh, seen the headline as you come to hang out, is we are trying to get a look at the Heisman Trophy picture for the 2022 season. One of the fun ways that we're going to break that down is, of course, cover three style with a draft. Now, do we, do we just want to jump in and, and let the... the let the board reveal our approach to this because we're trying to pick winners, right? You can't, you can't just put your big board together by going down the odds list because if you had done that, then what going into last year, Spencer Rattler would have been a first round pick. Uh, Sam Howell would have been maybe a first or second round pick. 
You know, what, what's some of, sort of the approach to trying to put together what you think makes up a potential Heisman Trophy winner? Are you trying to ask me my strategy before the draft even yeah. starts? Okay. Well, listen, I, I I'll, give you, I'll give you one. You tell okay. me if you think. I say fade the favorites. Like how many guys have gone wire to wire favorite to, you know, start to finish? Most don't in the modern era. Right. Yeah. We've had a couple, but not like usually you get dinged. When you're the top guy, you have that one bad game. Everybody thinks you're perfect. You show you're not. And then it's like they forget about you. And you still get an invite and you still finish strong. Um, but yeah, that was one of mine. The other one is beware the overhyped guys, which I may or may not have one in my number one overall pick. <laughs> my I, strategy, uh, one of the hints, I'm not going to. Um, only pick players you think have an actual chance of getting to the college football playoff. Mm. No, I Lamar think that's Jackson. I see because I've I, I've got that's a couple of profiles. Yeah, where I feel like you need to fit uh, a path. You need to fit a certain profile to be able to work your way in the race. Because also, guess what? It's not you just against the. It's not golf where the, it's just one score. You know, there's everybody else that's out there also competing where there might be an opportunity for a Robert Griffin III. There might be an opportunity for a Johnny Manziel. There might be an opportunity for a Lamar Jackson, somebody who is not in the national championship race to be able to get there. But they, of course, have their own unique angles, both what was happening elsewhere and also what they did. So I don't, I don't require national championship and college football playoff contention, but I do realize that that is a massive part of winning a Heisman Trophy. Yeah, I think if you're going to pick a guy on a team that you don't believe has any sort of shot to make it to the national title game or at least to the college ball playoff, you better have some kind of path for him to put up just absolutely insane numbers and at least one or two primetime showcase games. So when, when Lamar won, that team actually had a decent shot for a little bit uh, and then it you know, had some issues, but um, they did get that Clemson game where Clemson was the better team. Lamar was probably the better player that night. Stepped right out of bounds. Yeah. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. Chance to score. Uh, could have made it very, very interesting. All right. Well, let's jump right in to the 2022 Heisman draft. We'll see how this thing goes. We did the random number generator. Then the first pick goes to uh, the same person who got the first pick in the non-con draft. Frozen envelopes and all. Danny Cannell, you are on the clock. All of the 2022 college football players are available. Who is your first pick in the Heisman draft? Let's go with the – all right. I think there's a slam, or a couple slam dunks. Like I said, fave the favorites. There is a reason why I'm going to go with who I'm going with because he's not one of the favorites, but he's enough in the category where I think it's a pretty safe pick. Give me Caleb Williams, USC. Okay. All right, now do you he's want to know – one of the favorites. Well, I, I, I guess like, like do but... we tell why I didn't pick a couple other guys or – do you want, like, do we let you, you guys like play? Tommy I you path for why I think Caleb Williams is going to win. I, I think you explained your path. Like, hey, here, okay. here's how Caleb Williams wins, wins the Heisman. He's yeah. a he's a Lincoln Riley quarterback. Like, he's going to put up big numbers. He's, I think they're going to have a quick turnaround. There's going to be, it's going to be a majority of the conversation are eyeballs on Lincoln, eyeballs on USC. How are they doing? The schedule Rice, Stanford, Fresno State, Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington State. I see stats, stats, and more stats until they go to Utah, the first test. But I think he's got a pretty good run under his belt before they get to that game. 
finishing with you know Notre Dame premier marquee matchup to kind of emphasize there, put your stamp on it. Um, I'm I'm buying in. I know I bought I bought into Sark last year, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like this is a pretty strong pick, and I see him at third best odds. Like he's not top two; he's third best odds. I'm buying the Caleb Williams hype. Also, it's just like if you look at the other two quote unquote obvious choices, the two favorites in the Pac-12, Caleb Williams is not going to be facing an SEC defense every week. Exactly. He's not going to. He's going to be facing much kind of not, not softer, but it's easier competition overall. So if USC has the kind of year it's capable of having with Lincoln Riley, he puts up a ton of numbers and they get to the college football playoff. He's going to be a Heisman finalist. The other thing, which I definitely played into my decision, was who's the guy taking votes from his own team? Maybe Travis Dye if he has a big year. But again, go with Lincoln Riley quarterbacks. Lincoln Riley quarterbacks are stat machines. And the Heisman is a statistical award. Um, That's why I like him. All right. So with the second pick, I I could be very concerned about splitting votes, but I just don't think it's going to happen with the way that the ball gets distributed when you don't have opt-outs at the wide receiver position. And when you've got your full plethora of options, uh, and I know you've got a good running back back there as well, but when we saw C.J. Stroud, he, he sat out for the Akron game, you know, he was playing through a shoulder injury, the way that he finished the season was absolutely phenomenal. Just one bad game. And that was a two-touchdown, two-interception performance against Nebraska, 7.5 yards per attempt. But the man still threw for over 400 yards with a 67% completion rate at that point. I look at C.J. Stroud, and he's got uh, a couple things going in his favor. Number one, when Ohio State plays the bottom of the Big Ten, they drop a 50-burger. Like, when they go up against a Rutgers, when they go up against a Maryland, when they go up against the worst teams in conference play, they are still full go. And those kind of performances give you a nice little padding so that if he does run up against uh, some statistical, some some games that are not as statistically impressive against the tougher competition on the schedule, he's still going to at least have that baseline where at the end of the season, you're going to look up and he's going to be one of the top five players in passing yards, top five players in passing efficiency, you know, top five or six players in passing touchdowns. Number two, how many weapons he has. You know, I mentioned, of course, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Mecca Buka, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Like there are so many different places where he can move the ball around that he's just going to have options every single time that he's got the ball in his hands to be able to find an open player and to be able to find a matchup advantage. And then, you know, number three, I do think that trying to invest in, in someone who has already won the Heisman Trophy to do the Archie Griffin thing is a is a bold move when we're talking about humans that vote on this Heisman Trophy. We love the thing that's new. We don't want to hear the same hits again. So I'll go with C.J. Stroud at the number two pick. I can't Can believe we... Bud's going to get Price Young at three. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's like when Belichick gets gets the guy. It's like the the analysts have been talking about for seventeen minutes, right? Or for seventeen <laughs> picks. Um, well, I guess the Patriots never pick eighteen, but. Yeah, like so CJ Stroud was my number one. Um, because I think there is a bit of a bias with trying to repeat, but my pick is Bryce Young. Yeah. Number three, I feel like like this is fairly obvious. Uh he was the number one overall recruit. He's super accurate. 
He has a good arm. He has good mobility. He's very sharp at reading defenses and figure out where, where to go with the ball. The, the only defenses that really made him, as opposed to like his offensive line, struggle even for like a little bit uh, was Georgia. And as we talked about, I think a couple weeks ago, I was watching the Nike Coach of the Year Clinic tapes and Kirby Smart's explaining what they run on defense. And he's like, now, on this clip right here, we didn't really do what I just explained. That's because we have creatures at every position. And, uh, you know, they just went ahead and did their own thing. And, and Jordan Davis threw, the, threw these two offensive linemen together. Uh, and that was pretty effective uh, way to set a double team. Most people can't do that. Bryce Young's just, just a total stud. Um, I have some confidence in Alabama's receiver room. I don't think that Jameer Gibbs, by the way, to, to bring up Chip's point about other guys taking uh, votes away, I don't know that Gibbs is going to have the volume, right? Like, to me, he's not the biggest back in the world. If you think Bama's going to the playoffs, you kind of want to L.A. Dodgers this thing and make, make sure you, your guys are fresh down the stretch come playoff time. So uh, I, I think that's that, to me, makes the most sense. Like, I don't think Gibbs will have the volume to, to take it away from Bryce Young. And I'm here, I to me, the pick is Bryce. And is that where we draw the line? Is that the top three for on everybody's board? Mm-hmm. These three are the field. What what did anybody have somebody who's not a top three here? Are no. we sure we don't want JT Daniels in there? He's <laughs> <laughs> a five star. Hey, I do have two picks coming up here. So <laughs> that's right. But Tom, would you is this like we're we're taking a step down? And by the way, Bud, if you were to ask that this or the field, because of history, I would just take field for value purposes. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Well, when we came into this, just a little behind the curtains. I think Chip said, or maybe Bud said it, after we get the first two, do we stop down and about, who were you, were you not including Caleb Williams? I was not including Caleb Williams. Okay. Uh, But I think maybe I'm not quite as high on that team and their ability to make the playoffs this year. Totally fair. Um, So you think, so you think he has to make the playoffs? No, but I think if you don't make the playoffs, you need to have an unbelievable statistical season. Yeah. But Lamar, you know, maybe like Mar- Mar- Oregon did make the playoffs with Mariota, but but he could have got it done. Uh, the Robert Griffin year, uh, you know, could could have. The Griffin Manziel Lamar is uh, in general like generally what I pull as the non like you you were not a a part of the national championship race, but you were so outstanding individually that nobody could deny it based on what you had done. Yeah, exactly. All right, Tom, two picks. Well, thank you for taking all the obvious choices away because it allows me to make the correct choices. Chip, you mentioned C.J. Stroud. You took him with the second pick. Go back to that Rose Bowl. All right, in that game, C.J. Stroud completed 80% of his passes for 573 yards and six touchdowns. And the only reason anybody knows that right now is because I just brought it up because nobody else remembers. All anybody remembers from that game is Jackson Smith in Jigba, the guy that C.J. Stroud was throwing to. You talked about guys on teams, quote unquote, stealing votes from their teammates. Jackson Smith in Jigba is going to be the thorn in C.J. Stroud's Heisman campaign all season long because he is going to be the number one receiver on that Ohio State team. He is going to be Stroud's favorite target, and he is going to be the star of that offense so with my first pick give me jackson smith and jigba i can see it what i have a question for you though what what is the or who is the last 
who was the last non-quarterback Devontae. to win to Devontae win it on, two years on, ago. A, on a team that had a quarterback that everybody considered to be a stud? Did Max Jones was a stud. Not yeah, entering man. the year though. Like no, like like no nobody really w- w- was hyping Mac Jones. Or, you know what I'm saying? See, that's the thing though. CJ Stroud starting off at the top, and like Danny mentioned at the top of the show, that means everybody's going to be watching CJ Stroud for reasons not to vote for him instead of why they should, because they already think they should. So the minute he doesn't do something well, they're going to be like, eh, but that Smith and Jigba guy, did you see that catch he made? Did you see him running after the catch? Did you see all that? I think that that's an excellent value picket for, especially considering the obvious choices are all off the board. And I would think that of those of the field, if you look at the quote unquote field, that's the guy I would have at the top of it. If it's not one of those three quarterbacks that were already taken. He is my highest non quarterback on my board. Mm hmm. I'll agree with that. Now, oh, interesting. I feel like I have to take a QB because if I don't, by the time it gets back to me, the QB picture is going to be pretty bleak and it's still mostly a QB award. So this is probably a little bit of a reach, but I'm just kind of staking a claim here. Something that I really liked last year. He came on what didn't start the season as this team starter, but as the year went on, even though the team was somewhat disappointing, he was a very encouraging part of it. You look at the numbers, you look at some of the metrics and you think, Oh wow, this kid might be pretty good. He might be even better this year. I'm taking Tyler Van Dyke. I think, wow. that, yeah, I think you look at Mario Cristobal coming to Miami. You look at that division. It is the weaker division in the ACC. There's a lot of question marks throughout the rest of that division. Like Kenny Pickett's gone. North Carolina's losing, you know, everybody. There's a whole lot of change going around. And I think Miami from a talent wise, like the one thing I thought my Manny Diaz did that was very good for Miami last year was he started playing the kids, got them a lot of experience, a lot of the talented youth to get them experience coming into this season. And I think that could pay off. I think that could lead to a division title. And when you look at the Atlantic, we have no idea what the hell Clemson's going to be this year. There's tons of questions there. There's questions about NC State. There's questions about Louisville. There's questions about FSU. Miami, to me, is an underrated kind of sleeper team to win the ACC. Now, that might still not be enough to get to the playoff because I could see them winning the ACC with two losses. But I just think that Tyler Van Dyke is poised to have a pretty big year in that offense. And I think he's a very good player. So, just kind of taking a shot here. So th- this is a this is a sneaky good pick, I I, I think. And I I had him I had him seventh, so I was pretty close to picking him. Um, my thought here is what what's the path? As Tom said, if you win the ACC at eleven and one, if that one is either at Clemson, uh, perhaps in, in in a close game, uh, or maybe that opening game at A and M, I <clears throat> I think you can get in, and I, I think there's a reasonable path for you to win it. Additionally. Like all of Miami's tight ends are hurt, mm-hmm. so they're going to be chucking the ball around a lot. Even though I think Mario would probably prefer to to, to pound the rock more, um, he wants to go deep. ESPN has to put somebody from the ACC on national TV <laughs> because they have that contract, so they might as well put Miami, right? Like I don't know who the hell they're they're going to put, you know, from this conference otherwise. Um, and like, also, it's not that hard to see this. What if Clemson it doesn't get their their act together, and what if A and M doesn't fully form by the time Miami plays them? You have to pay attention. Like when it comes to the Heisman, you have to pay attention to the Zitgeist. And if, or the Zeitgeist, I don't know how do you pronounce it. Is it Zeitgeist or Zitgeist? Who cares? Zeitgeist. Anyways, you have to pay attention to it because if Miami's good, 
Oh, everybody's going to be talking about Miami all the freaking time because everybody will be excited that Miami is good again and everybody has fun when Miami's good because they're a fun team to watch. So if the Hurricanes are winning games and Tyler Van Dyke is balling out, he is going to get somebody's going to be, you know, writing, you know, somewhere about how he's the guy that we should be voting for Heisman because he's really been the best player because he doesn't have the same kind of talent that Bryce Young and CJ Stroud has around him. He's carrying the load all by himself. All the national writers who sometimes cover college football and sometimes don't are going to want to book a trip down to Miami because it's mm-hmm. nice weather. Yeah. So um, I think that it's also important to look at Kenny Pickett's rise, right? Yeah. Like, Tyler Van Dyke can't be the picket. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny Pickett was a finalist for the Heisman Trophy after leading Pitt to an ACC championship. If Tyler Van Dyke leads Miami to an ACC championship, that bump and that pop will be stronger than what Kenny Pickett saw where Kenny Pickett fell short but Kenny Pickett was absolutely right there in the race. Big opportunity for him week three to either, and I don't think they have to win, but if he plays well against AM, they go to College Station, he could he could burst on the scene in a close game. Didn't Manziel lose earlier? He beat Florida. What was the game where he kind of burst on the scene? Didn't they lose at home to Florida? Yes, beat, but it was like, I think. They lost they, at home to Auburn, didn't they? There was, there was, but I think he played well, and it kind of put him on the map. And then it, like I think they, can, they don't yeah. have to win that game; he could still win the award. I can't remember if they won or lost that game, but I do remember like that Florida game was very much a shootout where the world was kind of introduced to this Johnny Football guy, who then a few weeks later beat Alabama, and it was over from there. Week one, lost to Florida, uh, and then lost to LSU a little he bit. Might have been split the reps, if I remember correctly. Like I don't know if he was even the full time starter, and then kind of yeah. took over the job. I remember yeah. him. Uh, I remember the Louisiana Tech game. That was when I woke up because it was Same. fifty-nine to fifty-seven, and yeah. he was just—he looked like a little water bug out there. Poor lighting, the ESPNU broadcast. You know, wait—that was—that was the twenty-twelve game. What the Louisiana the, Tech? No, no, no. The the, the twenty-twelve Menzel uh, versus Florida game. Believe so. It was a season that, opener. That was a must champ team. Remember, it was twenty, it was 20 to seventeen. Yeah, I think so. final score. Florida won. And then the LSU game was 24 to 19. So in both of those games, AM's offense for the most part kept in check, especially compared to the 50 burger it dropped against Arkansas, 50 burger it dropped against Louisiana Tech, 60 on Auburn. You know, a little bit more kept in check, but I think he was just driving those excellent defenses crazy. And that's what got everyone's attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't have like huge numbers that game, but it was just, it was like, who the hell is this kid? And of course, when they beat Alabama 29 24, again, like, Lower scoring, but it was very, very clear that Texas A&M had one player who uh, who was going to be the difference, without mm-hmm. a doubt. All right, bud, second round. Two more picks. Come on. All right, let's go. Um, so I, there's there's three guys here who I'm basically even on. Um, trying to figure out what I want to do, and I, I actually think I'm going to go to Norman. I'm going to go Dylan Gabriel. all right so here's the deal um oklahoma is probably a favorite in all 12 of its games dylan gabriel has put up good numbers with jeff levy as one of his coaches he is now reunited with jeff levy in the big 12 i think it's fair to question uh whether the big 12 has a leg up on everybody else in defending these type of offenses because it's basically what baylor runs and of course the Big 12 had to deal with that for 
uh, about a decade before the rest of the college football world had to deal with it as far as on, on a week-to-week conference you know, basis in conference. Uh, but I, I think Oklahoma has a lot of offensive talent still. They're bringing in a lot of quality transfers. They brought a lot of good transfers on defense. There's definitely a path for 11-1, 12-0 with Bryles' offense style numbers here, and that definitely gets you to New York. And depending on how the other chips fall, I mean, we're in round two here. That's the path I, I see some value on here for the draft. The thing that I like about Gabriel is that we have all these debates trying to compare him to Caleb Williams for the obvious reasons, but winning the Heisman Trophy doesn't need to be best projection, best raw talent. Uh, winning the Heisman Trophy can be narrative. And what better narrative than for Brent Venables, you know, the defensive coach, and, you know, Jeff Levy obviously is going to be a part of it, but the way the story will be told is that he was able to, you know, get Oklahoma back to the Big 12 championship after missing out on it. And guess what? He did it with a quarterback. It wasn't just Lincoln. You know, it, the, the quarter Oklahoma quarterback uh, didn't need the whiz kid head coach to be able to succeed. I, I think that we could see if Dylan Gabriel is as successful uh, as we are expecting clearly here, at least Bud and I at a minimum, I don't want to speak for Tom and Danny, um, then then he is going to be a great story because of everybody just wanting to look at Oklahoma post-Lincoln to see what happens. And if the Sooner fans are able to be like, look, we've got another Heisman Trophy contending quarterback. So what? It wasn't just Lincoln. Then I, I think that that will be, again, the conversation around that program. I love that pick, obviously. I hate Oklahoma, so I hate it. I got one more to dodge. Let's go, Chip. All right. I don't think that this player's numbers will be as good as they were in 2021, but I think the power of the campaign creates a new baseline for what can be accomplished in terms of the Heisman race. We need to see the favorites fall apart. We need to see a couple of bad games for some quarterbacks. But if you're looking around and there is no clear-cut favorite, and this player has been successful, Will Anderson is going to have a lot of momentum behind him. The, the way that Heisman voters were like pointed at at the end of the voting and the, all the columns that were written, like, you guys are doing it wrong. Will Anderson's the most outstanding player. And it came from all across. You know, it came from different generations of media. It, it came from different outlets. Everybody had their Heisman voters are idiots for not giving this thing to Will Anderson. And I think that Heisman voters might have had their feelings hurt just a little bit in a way that if given another opportunity and Will Anderson is in the mix again, again, I don't think it is... I don't think it is probable that Will Anderson has better numbers than he did a year ago. The sacks and tackles for loss are absolutely ridiculous. But if he is the best player on an Alabama defense that has played well and is one of the best defenses in the SEC, and Alabama is in the mix for a national championship in an SEC championship at the end of the season, and we haven't seen Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young go out there and really take this award by the throat, then I 100% expect that we will see a lot of momentum behind Will Anderson, not just as the best defensive player in all of college football, but as the most outstanding player in all of college football. So with the lessons learned from a year ago, if he can stay healthy and stay productive, I think he'll be in the mix. So give me Will Anderson. Danny, did did Chip steal Will Anderson from you? Yeah. 
He just did you the biggest favor of all because Chip just wasted a draft pick. Will Anderson's not winning the Heisman. A defensive player's <laughs> not winning the Heisman. I like, agree with, let, with Tom. Like, I voted for Will Anderson, and I get what you're saying, Chip, about like people writing about Will Anderson and being upset about it. It's called a vocal minority. A very, hmm. very small minority. I, I think the voters the voting, who do not pay attention, are, they, I think they got their feelings hurt. I think they're feeling a little They don't insecure. pay attention. How do they get their feelings hurt? They tune in for the last week and see which quarterback plays the NBA. The yeah. People have Heisman votes. <laughs> the vast majority of Heisman voters are not going to vote for a defensive player. They're not watching it unless Will Anderson has like 30 sacks. Nobody's <laughs> going to be voting for him to win the Heisman. You just wasted a pick. Not um, saying you're wrong. And then I wanted him. I wanted him from a value perspective. I think I'm on. I'm with Chip. ACC boys here. Yeah. What happened last year when Aiden Hutchinson took home most of the awards? There was like, oh, I can't believe Will. Anderson. There's like a sympathy for Will Anderson that he got robbed this year, and I would say he might have just as good or better numbers this year. He'll have to do something special. I mean, you have to be a record-setting year. He'll definitely. I mean, that's almost a lock to be a finalist. But I think there's a new. I think and Devontae Smith kind of broke it. Like we hadn't seen a receiver in forever. I think people, voters specifically. I think they're looking for something different. Like I think they're kind of there's some quarterback fatigue. Don't get me wrong; it'll be a quarterback. I mean, it probably will be a quarterback. But if they stumble, and you know, let's say Bryce Young has a decent year, but well, I, I don't think it's a horrible pick. The problem with that theory is, even if there is QB fatigue, wide receivers and running backs still exist, and they're going to vote for them over a defensive end every time. They so do. You, Tom, you are you are definitely smarter than me, but. Your record, I don't know if I'd go that far, but your, I am your, about this. <laughs> your, your record about of declarative statements has taken a has taken <laughs> ding from time to time because there was a Tom Fernelli declarative statement that a group of five team would never make the four team playoff, and we've, we we saw Cincinnati, and so in the spirit of Cincinnati, I will at least believe that Will Anderson has a shot here. Now you're right, fi- finalist is more likely than winner. The jump from finish as a finalist to win the daggum thing is very, very large and even larger for a defensive player. But in the context of this race, I, I think it's uh, I, th- I think it's absolutely possible. I, I feel better. I feel better about him than some of the other names on the board. Uh, I'll say that much. And, I, so, and then I'll let Danny go next. Oh, yeah, bud. I just had a couple like I wanted to ask something. Do, do you think this requires a Bryce Young injury? Possibly, but I mean that's in play. I mean it's not out of the total he's, realm of possibility. He's not a big man. Yeah. That because I, I obviously I, I like Bryson a lot. I've met him a bunch of times. I think he's really really like awesome guy. Uh, I do not want him to get hurt. I don't think Will Anderson can win the Heisman if Bryce Young stays healthy. Personally, also I look at Alabama's schedule. They will be double digit favorites in all of their games this year. I project their closing stretch does not offer impactful games. Most likely. At LSU, at Ole Miss, Austin P, and what could be the worst Auburn team in about a decade. Did you see Will Anderson against Austin yeah. P? He's getting my Heisman vote. You see what I'm saying? It's like where, where's his Heisman facts and pick six in that yeah. game? Well, it's like the the starting point is you know, the what we said at the top of the show, which is often we have seen these preseason Heisman favorites at the end of the season. They're not in the conversation, and right. so if these big brand names aren't there, then Heisman voters will be looking for options and best defensive player on a national championship contender who was fourth place in the voting a year ago with a 
whole bunch of with a vocal minority, but at least, you know, some some push behind him. I, I think that that would be that the would be slack the room at the athletic. <laughs> the, but that's the path. The, the, the path is the easy quarterback options aren't there. Voters have to work a little bit. And if you have to work a little bit, then the, the foundation has been laid to consider Will Anderson as the best player in, in uh, college football. I think he'd have to break um, Derek Thomas's mm-hmm. back record. He has to get ten more than he had this year. In that case, the easy in that case the easy schedule might work. Might. To That's what I'm might. saying. He could rack up one five sack game, and then he's right in the mix. Let's go. Unless they just pull him all the time. Which, mm-hmm. if I'm Nick, I'm keeping that powder dry for the playoffs. Assuming I, I think I've got the juice to get to the playoffs. Like, I don't want a Will Anderson injury with five minutes left in the third quarter of a game that I'm leading by three scores. Yep, absolutely true. All right, Danny, let's get your final for the second round, and then we'll hit the break. All right, I'm going to go with a – so I I had Tyler Van Dyke on my list, but I did not have him above this quarterback. I think wins could be a problem, but I think this team could possibly be this year's Ole Miss. Give me Hendon Hooker, mm-hmm. Tennessee. 31 touchdowns, three interceptions, the best rating in the SEC above Bryce Young. I was looking at their schedule. Like, what do you think is a realistic record where he could win it? I don't think they're going to have a 10-win season. I think it's like, I think he wins it. If they go 10-win season, I think they win automatically. But I think a 9-3 and season, he could still do it as long as he plays well in some of these games. He's got Florida at home. I think that's a winnable game for Tennessee this year. LSU on the road is winnable, but I probably don't give him that one. Alabama at home. Probably not going to win that one. And then they have to go to Georgia, which is probably a loss. But in the last game against Georgia, he didn't play awful. Um, I think a 9-3 and three record is a realistic Tennessee Vol record. I think a 10-2 and two puts him right squarely in the Heisman race. Because I think in that system, I think the defense is going to get a little bit better, similar to what happened at Ole Miss. It was like, oh, if you could just get a little bit more out of the defense, imagine what that team could be. I think that could be Tennessee this year the hottest sports program in the country. If you look what happened basketball and baseball currently, what's going on, they're going to carry that over. They've got all this momentum, buying the players, getting the collectives together. Hen and Hooker, I think, is a pretty good value play here. So many spotlight opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like that will be in a national, uh, will, will be in a national game like pretty much half the time. Um, I, I had Hendon Hooker very, very high on my board as well. Uh, like that pick coming up on the other side we continue our 2022 heisman draft many of the top name qbs are off the board will we start to see other positions or who are the sleepers that show up in rounds three and four we'll get into that next robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A week unlike any other is finally here. The Masters returns to Augusta National, where Hideki Matsuyama will defend his green jacket. Go join the First Cut Golf Podcast, where the entire crew is previewing this year's tournament. From storylines to picks and even daily fantasy advice, the First Cut has you covered. The First Cut Podcast is available wherever you're listening to this podcast. Shout out to the First Cut crew. They get a very, very busy week. Um, it's fun. Masters, Masters week is fun. Yo, any any master pools, master picks? Any, anybody got any quick golf takes? I hope Hideki is defending it. He withdrew with a neck injury from the last uh, event he was at. So if you're if you're looking at Matsuyama on your uh, on your fantasy draft, I, w- I would I would be be wary of him. Uh, Tiger for playing him. for uh, for for smartphone per, or for smart speaker purposes. Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods. Is Tiger Woods playing in the Masters? <laughs> is the Tiger Masters. Woods playing in the Masters? Is Tiger changes Woods the whole eleven, the changes the whole fifteen. Uh, do you game like that? By the way, I love I love how Tiger went with the other sports lingo, like game time decision. Like he's going to be out there in warm ups in the layup line, and he's going to figure it out like on the on the driving range the day before. But I I, I think he's going to do it. I don't know if I, I wouldn't pick him to win, but I think he's going to do it. I cannot wait for this weekend, man. I mean, we, we have opening day, Major League Baseball. You know, all the teams are playing. Like it sucked that they had the lockout. Masters weekend on CBS, FSU spring game. Um, Put that at pretty the top, cool. baby. Yeah. <laughs> are we, are we have will we have covered three presents. Are both y'all going? Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. We should do a live pod some point. We should. Let's go. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. more, than, more than welcome. I'll be live blogging the Masters. You there know, you I'll be watching it. baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny, you are up first in round three. Uh, quick review of who everyone's got in our 2022 Heisman draft. Danny uh, had the first overall pick. He has got Caleb Williams. He added Hendon Hooker in the second. I got CJ Stroud from Ohio State adding Will Anderson in the second. Bud's got Bryce Young and Dylan Gabriel. And at the turn, Tom picked up Jackson Smith and Jigba and Tyler Van Dyke. So far, we have one, two, three, four, five, six quarterbacks taken, one defensive player, one wide receiver. Danny, where are you going to be going for your first pick of round three? All right. Um, This one is definitely... There's a brand issue, but I think I like it still. Nonetheless, team went 11-3, and and we have a quarterback returning who threw 39 touchdowns, and he hasn't been touched yet. Give me Sam Hartman at Wake Forest. You're talking about, hey, talk about the ACC being wide open. Why not Wake, right? Let's just get a hashtag right now. Why not Wake? It is as wide open as it's been. Um. Fifth year starting, getting a little bonus year. I'm looking at their schedule. I'm curious to know what you guys think. What games they will not be favored in? Clemson? I got four. You have four? Yeah. Really? Their so defense you think is they're garbage. underdogs against Florida State in Tallahassee? Um, well, well, give me your four. I'm three for sure. At, at NC State, at Louisville, Clemson, and then I think there's a, a couple more. Like, they... They could be dogs to Liberty. We'll see, At but Louisville? I don't think so. Oh, my so. goodness. This, the disrespect being just shown to Dave Clawson. This is one of the most underrated programs. But Dave wants. Dave's happy there. to hear it. North <laughs> North right. Carolina Clip that uh, could, could get them. 
Underdogs versus Liberty? Did you just not really just say that? So it's, it's like it's it's within the range of possibility. I don't have them as dogs. That I don't I think they'll be underdogs against Liberty. Yeah. I think the Malik Willis is going to change right. Liberty pretty quick. Wow. Um, so I guess you don't like the pick then. Uh, Which is fair. I mean, look, all they have to do is just pull a couple upsets. He's going to put up insane numbers. Their defense is almost certainly going to suck again. Yep. So he's going to have to throw the ball all the time. I, I don't hate the pick. I, I had it. Uh, what I have it here. Nine. I don't. Yeah, I don't. So literally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean this is disrespect of Sam Hartman as a player or Wake Forest as a program, but I think a defensive player has a better chance of winning a Heisman than a Wake Forest player. <laughs> I did have Will Anderson hire as my draft yeah. pick. I yeah. would have taken him first. That's so, who I wanted for my this two slots. The thing that is uh, exciting for Sam Hartman is that this wide receiver room has just reloaded. You know, they lose players, they get players injured, and they consistently have that position developed and built up in the pipeline so that they're going to have you know, two... They're going to have one minimum 1,000-yard receiver every year. A.T. Perry back after leading the team with 1,200 yards last year. They lose Jakari Robinson, but uh, very, very like small detail here. Donovan Green, who was one of the team's best wide receivers in 2020, went down with an injury and didn't get a chance to play in 2021, and he will be back. So I, you've still got the same kind of one-two combo, this time with Perry and Green, that you had with Perry and Rob, J- Jakari Robertson. You could have two 1,000-yard receivers, you know, two receivers that can give you 23, 25 touchdowns. The stats are going to be there for Sam Hartman, without a doubt. And no games in which they're they're a double digit dog, in my opinion. Right. So, like, there probably won't be that game. It's like, oh wow, he, he got smoked by such and such team. Any loss they have is is more than likely going to come because the defense gives up a fifty burger, and Sam only put up forty five. Which, in a losing effort, okay. All right. So we move on to the second pick of the third round, where we have zeroed in on another transfer quarterback. One who's going to have lots and lots of opportunities against some of the biggest brands in the country, biggest stages in the country. I'm sure we'll we'll go ahead and, and cycle in this team to the to the great 3:30 CBS spot, and and maybe we will have our popcorn ready for Jackson Dart from Ole Miss, who I think could have uh, statistically a phenomenal year. This is very much in the same line as the the Hendon Hooker thought, where. Dart with a lot of num with great numbers could find himself uh, in the Heisman Trophy mix as long as Ole Miss is a nine ten win team. Danny, I've got a very similar sort of target where you, you could lose to Alabama. You know, maybe you pick up one other loss, but if this team is ten and two and one of the top teams in the SEC West outside of the Crimson Tide, and maybe even he had a good game against the Crimson Tide, then that could all be things that would help power this. I think that the uh, attitude around this Ole Miss team, you know, a, a, a band of transfers and and Lane Kiffin and the clown show and the way that he is going to be able to help promote his own players. He understands the zeitgeist, as, as Tom mentioned earlier. He understands how to be able to, you know, press the right buttons and be able to, to drum up the kind of campaign that you're going to need to win over Heisman voters. And so with the combination of a head coach who's media savvy, with a, a ceiling that I don't think we've even really seen yet and an offense that has proven to be productive. Uh, I love going with Jackson Dart to, uh, to to maybe give us some value from the quarterback position a little bit off the radar. All right, Chip, I, I sniped you on Dylan Gabriel, but you just sniped me on Dart. So that was that was a hell of a pick. Um, 
favored in probably nine games. Doesn't mean they're going to you know win nine plus. I don't think they're double digits in any game except for probably the Bama game. Uh, so there's a reasonable path, like not probable, but reasonable that they go eleven and one or ten and two with some. And if they do, he's going to have the crazy numbers, like you said, showcase games. I love it, man. That, that's I think it's a great pick. I hate it. That's my fade. The trendy like guy we haven't seen a whole lot going huge expectations. I don't know, maybe from a value standpoint, but I don't think the value is great. The odds I'm looking at, he has, he's in the one, two, three, fourth spot. There's no way I'm touching him at eighteen to one. Oh, if uh, if we were going to strictly betting value, I would have picked the guy I'm about to pick uh, first. Jackson Dart. Uh, short round brings up a good uh, long time listener and viewer. Short round brings up a good point. Does he get a bump for the eye black? <laughs> yes. Does it, does the, the eye, videos? Yeah. Does the eye black be able to to really add something to Jackson Dart's candidacy? Because I think that dude could be a superstar. Uh, not to mention, as C Rad points out, great name. I mean, you you want to talk an counts. NBA writer. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk an NBA writer into filling out on your Heisman list. Like, hey, there's this guy. He's got 4,000 yards passing, and his name is Jackson Dart. Easy <laughs> Any sell. chance Luke Altmaier pushes them? Yeah, I think there's a chance for sure. But um, I don't know. It's my pick, bud. Quinn Ewers. Mm, yep. Yeah, Quinn Ewers. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and if it was betting, that would be my t- my top betting pick for it. There's some, there's some Quinn Ewers 100 to 1. Oh, uh, wow. I'm seeing mm-hmm. 20 to 1 where I was like surprised you were going to go. If you can get him at 100 to 1. Yeah, I wouldn't touch 20 to 1. Um, so here's the path. Texas has to overachieve on the field a little bit, which I think they may be able to do. Not totally convinced they can. That's why he's in the third round, not the first. Quinn Ewers is super talented. He actually has to win the job, which <laughs> is – is an important part uh, of winning your Heisman. You should probably be the starting starting QB and not share reps uh, with Hudson Card. He gets worthy, and the uh, Isaiah Neor, the transfer from Wyoming, uh, who are just two tremendously explosive targets. We have seen Steve Sarkeesian's offense produce Heisman winners before. I think that that offense, assuming they get a little bit better blocking, I think they probably will. Uh, I, I think they will they will really light it up on, on, on the scoreboard, and he's talented enough. He's got the mullet. People would be very much into the whole, hey, they're one of their last seasons in the Big 12. They're moving to the SEC. This kid's got a mullet. He, he had a million-dollar kombucha deal. He transferred back home. They, they score a billion points. I I, I, I like the narrative here. I, I, I could see it. I could see it happening. We're in round three. It's, it's tough to find people you really think can win it right now, I guess, for me. I'm running out of picks. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we knew he had 16, bud. I mean, are you just? I know, you, don't, I know. you don't want to pull Braylon Allen out here? Uh, no. I, I just stole yours from me. That's what I was going to. Um, I will say this: I do think there is another player who hasn't been drafted that I think could still win the award. Yeah, and honestly, it is a player that I nearly took with my first two picks. I nearly did the Buckeye double. So I guess I'm going to do it now. Travion. Can't, I can't believe he's still on the board. Travion Henderson. Of all the running backs in the country, I think that have the talent and will have the role and have the ability to break through and win the Heisman this year, he's got to be the top option. So, Chip, you can have C.J. Stroud. I'll take Ohio State's skill players. I'm going to combine Jackson Smith and Jigbo with Travion Henderson. And then 
for my final pick, because I all the good quarterbacks are gone. So this is strictly a value play based on the prior pedigree, the place he plays, and this program's chances of getting to a college football playoff. Give me DJU. Yeah! Big Cinco finally makes an appearance. Like, I, I'm not betting on it. I wouldn't, I might, depending on, I think the odds are probably too skewed to it, but I just feel like of all the quarterbacks that are left on the board, I feel like all the realistic options are taking. So to be able to get the starting quarterback for Clemson, even though he might not be the starting quarterback by the time the season ends, but just if he does play well, if he meets the expectations that we had on him coming out of high school and Clemson bounces back and wins the ACC, He's going to put up monster numbers in the process, and he's probably going to be a Heisman finalist at a minimum. So to be able to get that in the fourth round, even if it's a very much a long shot in my mind, I still think it's pretty good value. So give me DJU. That's also very much the if C.J. Stroud gets hurt, his odds go way up play. Mm-hmm. Henderson is, I think, the best back in the country. Yes, Maybe I would very much agree. Yes. Like he should be in the NFL right now. It's it's absolutely criminal that that kid has to play two more years of college football. He's like, so like, good. Yeah. Um, so, and at DJU, I see it. I mean, I, I, I definitely see it. Um, he's got the talent, you know, arm-wise. He's got to bounce back. I'm going to go, damn, I'm kind of stuck between two. By the way, DJU does not need to be elite statistically to win the Heisman Trophy. I think that if Clemson is competing for a national championship, let's say they're undefeated, and he just cleans up the interceptions. I think he just no. needs to get his confidence back. He was just, he looks so like, like he didn't believe in himself for so much last year. I just feel like he gets off to a good start. Just if he feels good, just play into your talent. You'll be the okay. Bounce, the bounce back story would be what you're selling, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like he yeah. went into last year as a Heisman Trophy favorite, you know, as somebody that everyone thought was going to just continue everything that Trevor Lawrence did and, and push it forward and build on it. And then, to have nine touchdowns and 10 interceptions, to have so many games where Clemson was basically just trying to limit what DJ could do because anytime that he tried to do too much, it was hurting the offense. They're just winning with defense and running the ball out there. For him to take a big step forward would be a big part of a Heisman Trophy campaign. I I, I couldn't let him I couldn't let this whole draft get through without DJU getting taken. So, Tom, thank you for doing that so I can get a little bit more creative with my uh, my fourth-round pick here. All right, so I've got, I've got two left that I think legitimately could win it, and I'm trying to figure out what is more likely. Uh, one we saw in the Rose Bowl. Uh, we, we saw him get hurt in the Rose Bowl, but we saw him hang with Ohio State quite a bit, and that's that's Cam Rising. Mm. Um, that offense and that team just took off when when he became the starter last year. Uh, and now he's a name. It's kind of nationally known. Everybody watched that Rose Bowl. It did great ratings, et cetera. But it's also Utah, and I'm really not sure. Like, did Alex Smith win the Heisman? No. no. And if Alex Smith didn't win the Heisman, now granted, they were not in the Pac-12 at the time, but um, makes me a little bit skeptical. So I am going with another either outright win the job or injury play. And I'm going to Ann Arbor, where I'm going to take – J.J. McCarthy, because I'm trying to find guys here who I actually think have the talent to win the whole thing. It doesn't mean I think he will. I'm not even really sure he's going to win the job. Yeah. But if there's an injury situation or if he takes a step one year before he's expected to really take that full step, uh, 
I mean, guys, Michigan's going to be favored in 11 games, I think, unless you got them dogs at Iowa, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to be dogs at Rutgers. They get everybody else at home. They're going to put up insane numbers on people. Uh, again, nobody roots for injury, but if you're doing this Heisman handicapping stuff, past the first couple guys, a lot of these dudes are largely dependent on an injury. Trayvon Henderson is not winning the Heisman if C.J. Stroud stays healthy, I'm pretty sure. I don't think Will Anderson can win it if Bryce Young stays healthy. But McCarthy here, if the other QB goes down, I mean, he's got he's got some real juice to him. And they got a cakewalk schedule that he'll put up crazy numbers. So McCarthy's my, my fourth-round pick. Yeah, that Michigan offense, it's a strange situation in which I completely understand why Jim Harbaugh runs with McNamara because McNamara hasn't given him a reason not to trust him. Like, I mean, they, they won the Big Ten last year. They got to the playoff. McNamara was perfectly good. But I just feel like that offense has such a higher ceiling if J.J. McCarthy becomes the starting quarterback. But I just don't think Harbaugh's going to do it unless McNamara gets hurt. I agree. There is a running back out there who I, I predicted would win the Heisman Trophy heading into last year. But I don't think it... He's so talented. I, I just think it's more of a flash thing. I, I just don't think the entire body of work is going to be there. And as Bud mentioned, there's a couple of wide receivers that are going to be very much a part of this offense. You know, when Steve Sarkeesian was lighting everything on fire uh, his final year with the Alabama Crimson Tide, it, he had an amazing running back, one who didn't have the big play ability of uh, that this, this person I'm talking about, but you know, it was the wide receiver that ended up winning the Heisman Trophy. So I'm going to go back to the quarterback, and I'm going to go to a quarterback who I've, in the process of doing some writing assignments for CBSSports.com, I've, I kind of feel like it's flying below the radar. So I want to bring some attention here, and, and maybe it is a little bit of a value play. It's tough. The path, the path is uphill, because I do not expect that this team is going to be um, competing for a conference championship. I don't think it's going to be competing for a national championship. I think that the stats and the individual sort of total offense performance is what you're going to be going for, because last year... I mean, this guy was his team's entire offense. So he can he can be a thousand yard rusher. He could be a three thousand yard passer. He could put together that that sort of combination that could end up popping. You know, with with you winding up with it's the first since you know Dak Prescott. It's the first since Tim Tebow. It's the first since somebody at his program won the Heisman Trophy. Lamar Jackson. I'm going with Malik Cunningham, where I think Lamar Jackson's own. Heisman Trophy win, and also remember after he won it, he was a finalist the next year too, and his stats in some uh, categories were even better. I, I As I look at Louisville and I look at what to expect from them, everything is going to be built around Cunningham. He was in, in so many games, uh, not the reason why they were losing. Louisville lost, uh, I think out of their seven losses, four were six points or less, and I rarely thought that he was at fault um, I, th- I felt like he was always doing everything he could to, to give Louisville a chance to win. And so if they can flip some of those one-score games the other direction, find themselves instead of you know losing uh, instead of losing four times one score, winning four times, all of a sudden we're talking like a nine or ten win team. And if it's a nine or ten win team, and if he is a statistically elite 3,000-yard passer, 1,000-yard rusher, then we could see Malik Cunningham making a real run at, uh, at the Heisman Trophy and winning – uh, the award for the first time for the program since Lamar Jackson. So yeah, let's go. Uh, that's that's my creative one. Uh, I'm gonna dig deep and pull out Malik Cunningham. I think I, he's I, a really awesome college player. Yeah. Um. Good luck. 
that's a hard schedule to do it against, but you'll have the opportunities. Like they open at UCF, then they go back, they go at Kentucky, at Clemson, at Boston College, Florida State, NC State, Pitt, at Cuse, at UVA, Wake. Um, I think he's really good and really underrated. What's your, what is your like, uh, win? Um, what's your win total guess on Louisville right now? Like seven and five. Okay. So I need, <laughs> I, Heisman I need, I need, upset. I need buds. I need buds, uh, predictions plus. Okay. Yeah. You need a couple upsets. Okay. <laughs> All right, Danny, are you, you going to, you just got right. no, go I can't do it. I know what Tom wants me to take. So do please do it. I do can't, it. I can't. <laughs> Although it probably wouldn't it be hilarious? Like, wouldn't it be hilarious? Yes, <laughs> it would be. Stetson Bennett. I can't do it. I can't even. I can't even go. There. I want to take Brock Vandergriff, but I'm seeing that he might not even win the backup job. They're saying Carson Beck is having a better spring. Um. Oh, good. I'm going to take Carson's dad. Remember how Tom did? This you can't get multiple players. I want to say every leftover running back because I think I'm not going to do that. I'm going to narrow it down to one. But like when you guys took DJ. I was thinking Will Shipley because I think there's a chance DJ may not start all the games. Mm -hmm. I think that's the one thing that Clemson hasn't had is the Heisman running back. Like if you ask about who's going to be the identity of this team, new offensive coordinator, they might say, you know what? Let's just mash the ball. Let's just take some of the quarterback play out of the game until we figure that out. And Will Shipley returns some kicks too. He gets involved in the run game. Not taking him though. I think he would be the pick that I would take over uh, Cade Klubnick or DJ. You guys took the quarterbacks, too, from Michigan. You took uh, J.J. McCarthy. I don't hate it, but what does Michigan do? They smash mouth. They run you. Hassan Haskins is gone. That means Blake Corum's going to get more of the workload. I don't know if he's explosive enough to win the award. But you know what I do know? Who's had running backs win the award before? I know that Paul Grist wants to run the football. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and as much as Graham Mertz was probably one of those names that was a top five Heisman pick last year. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And we thought he was going to open it up and he was going to air it out. And then what did Paul Christ do? He said, that's not who we are. We're not going to throw the football. We're going to play smash mouth football. And when he did, guess who got the majority of the workload? It was one Braylon Allen. Second in the Big Ten in rushing behind uh, Kenneth Walker the third, and he didn't even play all you know full time featured mm-hmm. back this year. He will be. Give me Braylon Allen from Wisconsin too. I think it's a bounce back year for the Badgers. Um, after you know we usually see them playing the Big Ten championship game. I think they'll be right back in the mix. So give me Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. And did you know that last year Braylon Allen was only seventeen years old? Look at that. I don't know if they ever mentioned that anytime he touched the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I like yep. that a lot. Um, all right. So the before we get to the some of the other names that did not get selected, Danny's draft hall, Caleb Williams, Hendon Hooker, Sam Hartman, and Braylon Allen. Pips got CJ Stroud, Will Anderson, Jackson Dart, and Malik Cunningham. Bud's got Bryce Young, Dylan Gabriel, Quinn Ewers, and JJ McCarthy. And Tom's got Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Van Dyke, Travion Henderson, and DJ Uyunglele. So I I, I called out Braylon. Allen's name earlier because he is right here uh, on this board. Also, Jalen Berger. Yeah, I think that Berger. You go into that offense. You know, Michigan State's not doesn't run the ball as much as Wisconsin, but you know that we saw what Kenneth Walker was able to do in that offense, and we know that the running backs featured. So I wouldn't be surprised if Berger has a big year. Maybe not to Kenneth Walker's level, but a big year. 
I was going to, I don't know who to go with, but I think we're probably, and maybe it is the mailman. The fact we don't have a Georgia player on yeah. here is probably a mistake. Whether you take one of the running backs, take a backup quarterback, take Stetson Bennett. I mean, if he has, he's got the like facial recognition, he's got brand value, which does matter in this thing. If he starts all year, he's going to have decent stats because they're probably going to be blowing through a lot of their opponents. So he's not a horrible pick. I just didn't want to be the one that took <laughs> the two. The two Georgia players I think are most likely are one Jalen Carter, who again defensive player, don't expect to win, so I wasn't going to draft him. But Brock Bowers, just because mm-hmm. way Stetson Bennett plays, he prefers the middle of the field up the seams. That's where Brock Bowers lives. He's a good athlete. He's got good hands. We saw it last year, so I feel like Bowers could put up really good season but he's kind of a tight end and i don't know how much traction he's really going to get in the heisman race what uh, about Bijan? yeah Bijan was the the player i was looking at where he, he, all of the talent and all of the potential but i don't know i he just might be sharing too many reps sharing too many touches uh in that offense for it to really come together for him but he is without a doubt one of my favorite running backs but mm-hmm. not somebody i was ready to jump on board for for Heisman Trophy purposes. By the way, Bud had to leave, but he definitely said that if this was a five-round draft, he definitely would have taken Stetson Bennett. Yeah, yeah. he did. That's true. Yeah. And, jo- and Jordan Travis. And Jordan six, Travis, yes. He was taking round. them both as a tag team, yes. Um, you know I thought about? Who? I, I didn't I didn't want to go. If it was a five-round, maybe for a flyer. What about Bo Nix? If he figures it out, no. Playing against the Pac-12 opponents, it's a much different game. Like he was great against some of the lesser competition, which is basically what he's going to be seeing every week. I don't think it's a horrible play. Another player I thought about, which is kind of along the same lines as DJU. What if Spencer Rattler goes to South Carolina? There's lower expectations on him this year. There's not as much of a spotlight. And what if he just completely balls out in the SEC and lives up to that kind of, you know, the five-star rating, number one QB hype coming in? I feel like that's another kind of redemption story angle, too. Nine wins would be massive. And you could I mean, see it, that. I could see that. It's hilarious that, you know, we're looking at, you know, the, the odds have been scrolling. If, if you're watching on YouTube.com slash cover three, uh, Coca's got the, the odds scrolling. And you see that Spencer Rattler is in the same, it's like Spencer Rattler, Will Levis, and JT Daniels. Three quarterbacks that one of those win the Heisman Trophy. Congrats to your long shot ticket, because I would not have thought that that's going to happen. Those would be phenomenal stories if any of those happened to work out. All transfer quarterbacks, you know, for Rattler and Levis, you're talking about playing in the SEC East. We still don't know where JT Daniels is going to end up, but that what a step forward that would be for him with his own um for him with his own path here. Burton and Gibbs, I I don't I don't think either one of them are going to win, but if we're just power ranking the best players in college football, I was going to add those to the conversation, but mm-hmm. also Zach Evans, but like I feel like that's like Bud talked about with Jameer Gibbs earlier too. I think Zach Evans and Gibbs are really good players, just I don't know if they're going to be enough touches, enough volume for them to really put up the kind of numbers you need for a running back to win it. Another Dark horse I have on my list, Anthony Richardson. Oh, same. Like, if he wins that starting job and he kind of fits into that offense, kind of if they look similar to what the Cajuns were doing under Napier at Louisiana, and he puts up those kind of numbers and that people kind of expected from him or hoped from him last year, and Florida bounces back, that's a name that's going to be up there. Like, especially if like they go to the cocktail party and he has a great game against Georgia, that's going to like vault him into the spotlight. 
I still can't get last year's. I can't get last year's out of my mind. I mean, and I don't know if he's going. I honestly like if you were going to take a Florida quarterback, I might be more tempted to take Jack Miller. Yeah, but I also could see if Billy Napier works him like the way he did Levi Lewis. Maybe, maybe he is like dual threat. He's like, and he's a freak athlete. So maybe that wouldn't. And if Florida has a turnaround year, yeah, it probably is because of the quarterback. So I think it depends on who wins the job. Like if it's clear, Anthony Richardson is a guy. I don't hate it. That's the thing, because I, I think too. Like I don't. Jack Miller might play quarterback, and Anthony Richardson might still get plenty of snaps. You know what I mean? Like they might figure out ways to use him, because I think you can use him at other places, and he'd be just as effective. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, thanks to all of you who came and hung out for the entire draft. Remember, we'll be back on Wednesday with a recruiting-focused show. So go ahead and. Get it set, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, youtube.com slash cover3, or, of course, wherever you find the podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Cannell. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Cannell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.